0: Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Sideboob Cinema, Uh, a bit of an extended edition today. Uh, We're going to be covering a topic, a burning topic that Astro wanted to discuss before we get into our review of Chopping Mall. Uh, Unfortunately, uh, AJ is a bit under the weather, so we managed to rope in uh, John's wife, Katie, to join us to talk about uh, our first topic. Uh, Hi there, Katie.
1: Hi. How are you?
0: Good thanks, and uh, how are you, Astro? Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. Um, yeah, it's good to have you, Katie.
2: I I got to ask: Is it true that you asked me if you could use a voice modulator?
1: Look, I was half <laughs> joking.
2: What? 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 Why would you need that? Are you Are you saying that you're not <laughs> proud to be part of this setup?
1: Look, all I'm saying is that. You two blokes say some pretty raw stuff on this podcast. Um, um, and so I don't want to be cancelled by association. Right. Do you know what well, I mean? Like I, I don't want to be cancelled simply, you know, by proxy. So um whatever, appearing on your show.
2: There are people who stay with their partners who that their partners have done awful things, killed people, <laughs> you know, and here you are, ready to jump off. Just when I when I say some stuff about Demi Lovato,
1: oh look, to to be honest, yeah, I mean, I I I agree with with um ninety five percent of of what you say. Um, so that that five
0: percent that'll get you cancelled.
1: It is that five percent that'll get me cancelled. But look, I mean, really, we can't live our lives in fear, can we?
0: No.
2: Well, let's test the waters then. So, look, Ricky, you're absolutely right. I could not. You know, do you know? you just we put it on the topic list like you know oh victoria's secret you know we'll get into it in a second now i i started this thing by going like oh yeah know, yeah, whatever i just and i went down a rabbit hole i'm i'm really excited this is an a-grade topic okay so so get this let me paint the picture for you um so victoria's secret uh have now had a huge rebrand they have uh, roped in. They've they've gotten rid of what they used to call the angels. So that was our super hot chicks who had you know feather wings and did those those runway shows. I think one of the most famous was like uh, Heidi Klum and um, Tyra Banks. Am I correct there?
1: Mm, yep. Yep. Okay. Adriana Lima.
0: We had our own. We had our own Australian edition in Miranda Kerr. Did we not?
1: Oh, correct. Yeah. 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 Great. Uh,
2: okay. So they've turfed um, the angels. And uh, they have now formed a group called the VS Collective. (laughs) Now, I love that the word collective is in it. That's great. So the VS Collective um, will alternately advise the brand, appear in ads, and promote Victoria's Secret on Instagram. They are joining a company that has an entirely new executive team and, and is forming a board of directors in which all but one seat will be occupied by women. Women. So what they've got now, they've got like a, free skier this athlete they've got um like a body advocate they've got smacktivist they've got like a sudanese refugee um a trans i thought
1: you just i thought you just said smacktivist like smack to the
2: i don't know what that <laughs> like she's
1: gonna smack you in the face with her opinions you know, well like. that
2: is, isn't that what they do isn't, well, isn't that what they do so
1: sorry, and- carry on carry on
2: and Megan Rapinoe, she is the figurehead. So this woman, you may have seen this woman, this pink haired uh, LGBTQ plus QI uh, um, uh, like activist uh, who, who's like a soccer athlete, okay? Now, in the last week, on the, off the back of this, so they've gotten rid of everything. They've gotten rid of the two guys who are at the head of the, the, the operation. So there's a couple of things. Um, I, I just want to say that, up until this moment, right now, I've never cared about Victoria's Secret. Okay. I don't care about Victoria's Secret. Now, the New York Times is fucking obsessed with it. They can't stop thinking about it. They can't. I've never thought about this dumb brand. Okay. I thought it was basic and daggy and whatever. These motherfuckers cannot stop. They've written like um, article after article, and all of the articles are written by these scowling women. <laughs> Like, no man has the balls to write about this. It's so what a... do you
1: mean? What what are they saying in the article?
2: Oh, shit. Okay. Well, where do I start? So, um, so a couple of quotes, perhaps. So, um, it's generally quite triumphal. Okay. Yeah.
1: They're, they're rejoicing, right?
2: Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. So, uh, I'll get you some quotes here. So, I've got, I've got, uh, so from the New York Times, they've got, um, uh, like generally speaking that they're saying like, it's about time, you know, uh, you know, why did we fall for it? Um, they say stuff like, so here's some quotes. Here we go. Oh, this is by Vanessa Friedman. Why did we fall for the angels? I'm, uh, on- <laughs> <laughs> on the, on, the, on this side of the Me Too of the hashtag Me Too movement and recent social justice movements, the imagery that drove Victoria's Secret to record to record profits and viewership and made its favoured models part of pop culture seems not just retrograde but practically unimaginable. Like coming upon some lost civilization buried beneath a dusty mound of garter belts and thigh highs. <laughs> Right. <laughs> so they okay, he was some more before you get get your thoughts. So um they say uh um uh yes, yes, women actually wanted to strut down a catwalk looking like that they may have ha- happened well, like what may have happened if Big Bird had his way with a bordello. They actually <laughs> <laughs>
1: I just like I can't believe These people are journalists Like they sound like Creative writing Writers You know Like they sound like
2: Well they are they're liars. <laughs> so, <laughs> so they actually wanted to be known as, or at least were were okay with being known as capital A angels. So here, what I like here is that they usually capitalise the word black. They scream the word black at you all the time in the New York Times. And now they're screaming the word angels here, just so you don't forget it. A term the brand invented in 1997, which itself now seems utterly cringeworthy. Referencing, as it does, the playboy stereotype of the good girl who is bad in the bedroom. It's a trope. It's a trope (laughs) that extends from dangerous liaisons to the librarian who whips off her glasses and lets down her hair to reveal she is actually a hottie. <laughs> so I what I like about these quotes is that is Mr. Mackey. That's for Mr. Mackey. That's that's okay. You think that's sexy? You think you think uh a little librarian coming in and whipping up glasses and, and big titties falling down and hair? You think that's you think that's <laughs> sexy? And you're like, well. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, yeah, I do. Yeah, I would
1: argue, I would argue that some women think that's sexy too, not just men. No, but that,
2: okay. Well, that okay. Now we're getting to it. Now, one last one, and then we'll, we'll get get your ideas on it. So. That, so they say this is a nice little sting to, to the tail in this article. She says that, um, uh, oh, this performance has been, like, consigned to to heaven or hell or whatever. It says it doesn't exist in, in, there anymore, but it exists in the drag community where arguably the antecedents of the angels could be found all along, packaged for popular and positive consumption in the form of such shows as Drag Race by RuPaul and strength of character has been given its due as a powerful form of seduction. So they're saying that... um like, you know, it's only hot or only good if it's in
0: RuPaul's Drag Race. I, I, I think I know Victoria's Secret. What is it? She's got a dick. <laughs> <laughs> Katie, you were right. <laughs> <laughs>
2: this, this pod is terrible.
1: Um, I think, yeah. that,
0: I think that's, that's the end game, is it not? Well, there is a trans
2: uh, woman as part of this new lineup. So what, I mean, Katie, you know, I mean, before we mansplain at you, what, what, what do you, what do you make, what do you make of of this pivot as, as much as you know, at this point? Oh,
1: look, I mean. Who is this for? Look, I'm, I'm not entirely sure. Look, when it comes to Victoria's Secret, I just, I do feel, I mean, the, the brand needed to do something. I mean, I, I've never shopped at Victoria's secret. I actually don't know any women in my life who, who have it to me. It's got that when I was a teenager, I think that was sort of the, the height of, you know, the Victoria's Victoria's secret fame and influence, you know, as a brand. Um, And you know, and I and I grew up watching all of those angels, those models strut it down the catwalk and whatever. And I and I have to say, I mean, maybe this is my internalized misogyny. Yeah, wasn't that
2: the patriarchy just forcing you to do that, or
1: <laughs> I, I, you know, look, I as a woman, I enjoy looking at beautiful women. Um, you know, set aside, of course, you know, they, these women are representing impossible stances, standards of beauty, yada yada yada. But like, uh, ultimately, I don't think it hurt me looking at those women. And it's it certainly, I think if you were to sort of develop an, an infatuation with, with stick-thin models or, or try to model... Um,
2: Leonardo DiCaprio.
1: <laughs> yeah. Or, you know, or, or try to fell into the trap. I mean, particularly teenage girls, you're very impressionable. So if you can fall, you could fall into the trap of aspiring to look or be like a Victoria's Secret model, I suppose. Yeah, but but don't, you don't, quickly no, but, grow out of that. No, but don't,
2: I don't worry because, you know, one of the um, ambassadors has, uh, her role as, in, as lobbying for Victoria's Secret is, is to increase the sizing to XXXXXL. Up from XXL (laughs) in (laughs) nightwear
1: and whatever
2: (laughs) 42G bras.
1: Well, well, yeah, whatever. I mean, look, it's, you know, as as a woman, with a larger cup size myself, you know, I welcome, you know, it it used to actually, it used to be really hard when you had big boobs, like shopping for bras. And, And in fact, yeah, Victoria's Secret, that's probably one of the main reasons I couldn't or didn't shop there is because they wouldn't cater for, you know, my kind of body type. But who gives a shit? Shop somewhere else, you know. And I, I certainly don't think that, and again, this is just like the dying, the dying, you know, the gasps of a dying brand. Well,
0: well listen, hang on, hang on. They they did $5 billion last year.
1: Well, then they're not, so what, this is what I don't understand, though. So, like, from when they do such an aggressive rebranding like this, it, it sort of, my mind then goes to, like, oh, they must be really, like, they must have taken a massive financial hit. But they made five billion.
0: Billion, yeah. They Last
1: certainly year. they certainly
2: took a hit. Last year. Like, like I think they their market capture went down from like 30% of the entire market to 20 or something, which is significant. But still, they're not out of pocket.
1: Then you know what I mean? don't yeah, then I don't understand who this is for. Like they just want what do they just want like we don't, we had world domination and now we don't and we well, want it again. The
2: I- plot thickens. The plot thickens. So you know, around, oh, I guess, maybe last year or the year before. This has been happening for the last couple of years. So the two guys who were in charge of this outfit um, uh, are pretty much exactly who you think they were. <laughs> it was um, this guy called Leslie Wexner. He's a billionaire, founder of L Brands, and Ed Razik, a chief marketing officer. They did this... Um, one of them did this interview for Vogue, and this is what he said, no shit, like, like last year or the year before. He says... So Raisik says, uh, uh, you know, uh, so they hate they hate us on social media. You know, it's really toxic. Uh, you know, seriously, where does it end? I mean, do I think about diversity? Yes. Uh, does the brand think about diversity? Yes. Do we offer larger sizes? Yes. And then someone says, yeah, thirty eight or uh, forty D, triple D is our range. And then Raisik says, yeah. So it's like, uh, you know, why don't you do fifty? Why don't you do sixty? You know, why don't you do twenty-four? It's 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 like why doesn't your show do this? You know, shouldn't you have transsexuals in the show? No, no, I don't think we should. Well, why not? Because the show's a fantasy. It's a forty-two-minute entertainment special. <laughs> transsexuals is not a word um, that I, I've heard in a while. <laughs> like all I could think of was, um, uh, you know, transsexual Transylvania. <laughs> oh my
1: God. Oh my god! But like, but this is what I, this is what I don't understand. Like, obviously, those shows were working as a marketing tool. They were clearly working, and women were buying the lingerie, and men were buying the lingerie for their for their lady friends. But I'm why, assuming.
2: But why? But why the fuck is the New York Times gaslighting everyone? Why are they saying that they're, they're making claims? They're saying shit like this. Here's an example. So they say, well, firstly, they they say they that they, they have leveled. They've said it's a culture of misogyny which is not something I think that in a court of law you can actually prove. Uh, mm-hmm. But they've said shit like the society, this is a claim in one of their other articles called Angels in Hell, the societal <laughs> norms define, <laughs> puns of puns, uh, plenty, the societal norms defining beauty and sexiness have been changing for years. With a greater value on a wide range of body types, skin colors, and gender identities, Victoria's Secret hasn't kept pace. Some of its ad campaigns, for example, seem more like a stereotypical male fantasy. The director, Michael Bay, filmed a TV spot with scantily clad models strutting in front of helicopters and motorcycles with fire explosions. I mean, this is not a realistic encapsulation of what women want. I mean, this is the shit they're saying. Think of the claims in there. Like, how can they be so accepting of all the kaleidoscope of human experience, but then say she likes stereotypical male fantasy. Like it seems like they believe in black and white when they want to, you know, when it doesn't fit their narrative. They're like, oh, everything's good and moral relativism's great and, you know, it's all fine and we're all just, you know, let's just have anyone walk down, you know, like it's, um, like it's just a charity or something. And But then they'll just say, I don't even know what a stereotypical male fantasy is, you know?
1: But this is this is the thing. Like, so apparently, um, Victoria's Secret has been usurped in recent years by um, Rihanna's new, uh, you know, underwear brand. I mean, Rihanna has has a huge empire. She does makeup, clothing, whatever. So she's got her own lingerie brand as well, and I believe it's called something like Savage X or Savage X or Fenty. Fenty or something. Fenty lingerie, whatever. Um, I
2: don't know and, what any of these words mean. But that, <laughs>
1: I know. But um I I dare say that the imagery Rihanna uses to sell her lingerie is it caters just as much to the male gaze as Victoria's Secret, except maybe her models have under underarm hair. Like then, female models have underarm hair or like he's using point, trans though. models. So like, I think they're just, the models are just to sexualize, and like, it's fucking Rihanna for God's sake, you know, like she's a, she's a sexy bitch. Like she's not, you know, her, she's not bouncing around the, the place in cottontails, you know, like it's leather and it's, you know, it's lace and yeah. So
0: I wanted to say, uh, well, I wanted to throw out a few questions actually, because there's I think there's 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 questions that people haven't thought about or haven't answered yet um, who are jumping in this discussion. And first of all, there are different categories of lingerie. So you have on the one end, you'd have the sexy lingerie all the way down to boner killer. Yeah, <laughs> that and your simple cotton underwear, which I I believe Victoria's Secret also make. It's just the high end stuff gets all this attention because of because of the angels. We're talking about that high end stuff, and we're talking about People who model that high end, end stuff, but one of the questions is: is is what is lingerie for? Mm. Does it is it there just to make women feel sexy? And which I I'd, I'd say yes, but how do women feel sexy? Is it just from wearing the clothes, from feeling the tactile sensation, having that, or is it in part getting a reaction from a partner? Perhaps is that also part of what makes someone feel sexy, or what makes a woman oh, feel absolutely,
1: sexy? Absolutely, absolutely, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you you're not. <laughs> I mean, women will say, Oh, I buy lingerie for myself. And, and I've, I certainly know a few women who like to wear. Really lovely underwear, you know, day to day. Like, it doesn't need to be a special occasion, like whipping out the lingerie for like, uh, you know, honey, it's an anniversary kind of thing. Um, I do, I do know women who who wear really lovely lingerie every day. That is not me. Uh,
2: but, <laughs> 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 Stitch but, yourself up.
1: But um, you know, um, but but in most cases, uh, well, look, I'm not, I'm not going to speak for all women, but I, I think uh, in a lot of cases. Yeah, a woman... um, But if you say
2: anything, but if you, if encountered with a certain kind of uh, coastal elite in in any of the Western countries, um, you know, if you say anything other than, oh, I wear it for me to feel empowered, I mean, Mm -hmm. what response do you think you're going to get? You know what I mean? Like... This is a trained response. Like, it may very well be true a proportion of the time, but it's the only response you can have. Like, if you speak to someone, like you know, if you run into someone in Fitzroy or something or whatever in Melbourne or whatever or similar place in Sydney or whatever, and and they're, and they're like, oh yeah, and 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 you know, it comes. I don't know when the fuck it would come up, but and you said anything other than, oh, I find it really, I just like it for me. It's really empowering. But isn't,
1: yeah. but isn't a healthy relationship um, built on this mutual mutual kind of you know trying to um you know you, you you're aware of of your partner's needs and wants not just um you know on on a sexual level but in you know in in all other arenas you know like you what you want to yeah I don't, I don't think it's controversial or it shouldn't be controversial to say I I know if I wear this lingerie it will please my partner and it will turn him on and it will be like and surely that's a re- that's a reason to buy and wear lingerie because you want to please your partner.
2: But that is not a narrative that any of these publications I've read. You know, I've tipped the scale purposely. I've read all the most nightmarish ones: The Guardian, um, the, you know, The Daily Beast, New York Times, etc. That is not a narrative, an acceptable narrative in the slightest. There was no mention in any of these articles that any of these women could possibly even dream of uh buying some lingerie to to have to to have fun or have connection or you know as a as a, you know in concert with their partner do you know what i mean like mm. that they, they all have you said that this is about something out about like this sort of intangible this ambiguous idea of female empowerment um completely separate from men not 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 intertwined with 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 men or their partners you know if they're women whatever it's it, they they've only they, they've made it very solo and solitary you know like mm-hmm. like those superheroes in marvel you know they look like captain marvel looks amazing but is completely cold and sterile and can't is not you know not intertwined with anyone in a messy way
1: okay Sorry, sorry to interject, but I, I had to know. I just looked up the Fenty brand, um, Rihanna's uh, lingerie brand, and just looking at some of these thumbnails, um, I actually see no difference between the the style of lingerie uh, Rihanna um, sells versus Victoria's Secret. the 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 main. <laughs> <laughs> the most evident diff- difference in the marketing. So the laundry is fucking sexy as fuck. Um, lacy, see-through, gorgeous, really sexy stuff. Um, and the main difference um, is is the models she uses. Wow. So there's a ba- bunch of plus-size girls. Um, yeah, diver- diverse girls. Um, really quite a lot of plus-size women.
2: But, the, but her brand has been that, that there has been zero criticism of her brand. In fact, her brand has been mentioned in all these articles glowingly. They've said, "Oh yeah, so the, you know, Victoria's Secret has been usurped by by Rihanna, Fenty, Savage X." You know, like completely uncritical. Um, this is the girl that sings about whips and chains and shit. And know? I. I-
1: I don't I don't Like like
2: how can the New York Times like it's such
0: bullshit. These these people just drive me crazy. So the, the thing that the thing that annoys me is that all these articles have taken a very simplistic view of what men find sexy and attractive well, they don't, as well. they don't care. <laughs> what do <you> think? Okay. <laughs> Because I would argue that that well, I could argue from my perspective. Me personally, I find the girl next door much hotter. So the girl next door in simple underwear is probably more more of a turn on to me than the the high end lacy get up. All the all the get up, the all the the garters, garters and yep. the you know. So for me, uh, that's more that's more sexy. And and I know a lot of guys uh, feel the same way. Yeah, but this is this is that this is common though. Like. I always thought Victoria's Secret was sort of for
2: your basic bro and your man cave guy like I like you know like, I
1: think um, it is I think that 5 billion dollars profit whatever they made last year was funneled straight from middle America like I, would, <laughs> I really I, I and 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 last minute you know 11th hour airport buys
2: you know I was going to say but but you said it though like so so what the fuck is the point of this article like it doesn't make sense like why can't the New York Times writers cuz they only write for themselves they don't care about any an actual audience they only write for themselves so that why is it that they can't think of why do they think that Heidi Klum is a, a victim of human trafficking and that like <laughs> and that Victoria's <laughs> Secret,
0: you know, is the worst thing that happened to women? Well, we see we see the same thing in, in other industries too. So, uh, in the UK, darts is a, big, uh, is a big sport and they have these things called, called walk on girls. Uh, and they've been they've been thrown out of of their work, plus the grid girls in Formula One have now been mm. been thrown away, too. And the argument is always that it's exploitation. That um that they're, that they're almost doing it against their will. Yeah. Whereas we know we know that they and I've seen these grid girls. They've come on to uh, Good Morning Britain to uh to basically say you've you've taken my job away from me. Like I enjoyed my job. I got paid well. Absolutely.
1: Yeah. Um,
0: why why do I have to give it up because a bunch of Ugly feminists say no, that I'm being. No, but you said it you know? though. It's the yeah. dowdy
2: It's the doughty mean girls that write that work for the Guardian and New York Times.
1: <laughs> but it's just like let let them have at it. Like honestly, I just I feel like there there are some women that I've known that enjoy being fettered by men. They enjoy, you know, they they enjoy being in the public. I mean, that, I mean, as a grid girl. Like you, you know, you'd, you'd probably enjoy the experience. You get to go, you get to be on telly, you know. Like you get paid handsomely. Get to no, wear a costume. You back know. Back
2: the fuck up. Are you saying that women want to be desired and and look like? <laughs> is that what you're saying?
1: They do. I've gone. They do.
2: That is it. You cancelled yourself, woman.
1: <laughs> it's, no, the problem. No, the problem is. though now women are making the distinction. Um, you know. Well, I want to be you know, fettered and I want to be desired, but only by the men whom, you know, I I desire.
0: Yeah, only good-looking men. Exactly. As soon as a pig man, a beast man gives you any attention, <laughs> that's when you get the phone out and you take photos of him and start tweeting and hashtagging.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I know. I want
0: to ask also is where are all these models going to go? Are, are they going to go and work as an ink cartridge store or you know maybe <laughs> yeah. a vacuum cleaner shop like um you know where are they going to work now? They don't care. Yeah. The New York times doesn't care. So yeah. but
2: but 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 do you, okay, do, 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 circling back, you know, do you think that um this pivot is going to is going to work that this group of Of um, ornery activists that they've got. These are all loud mouths, by the way. (laughs) Every single one of them, they got in. They're all uh, unbearable loud mouths. Um, Is this going to work? Do you want this group of uh, Katie? Do you want this group of people standing in the inner line, hectoring you
1: to buy this shit? I don't. I don't actually see how they're they're going to be integrated into the marketing of the products though like i don't i don't quite see that are they they all going to be models like what are we talking about when we say this Victoria's secret collective or whatever are they all just ad- are they all just like advocates for the brand or are they actual models
2: well It's both. It's both. So they want them. They want them um, in the get up, but they also want them to to sort of uh, mobilise their 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 separate online, which is actually quite clever. That's. I
1: mean, look, yeah. Look, at the end of the day, um, I think it just comes down to the quality of the lingerie, right? If people, you know, are the designs going to change, or is it just the way um, the company markets them? Um, I know
2: that some of it will be significantly larger.
1: <laughs> well, that's good. Then they might open themselves up to a whole new uh, market. But you know, ultimately, I I just think yeah, that I'm I'm sure there are some diehard Victoria's Secret fans. Um, you know, from the I don't even know where the brand started. I don't know 90s, whatever, early noughts. Um, there'll be those diehard fans that will. That will like move away from the brand now, just because you know, because they don't like the new style or they don't like the new. um...
2: But but what these woke this woke capitalism forgets is that um, the people that they the normal people the blue collar people that they that they're often marketing don't have time for this academic nonsense. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know.
1: Yeah. And they think
2: that, and they and they probably think that Megan Rapinoe is a um an unpleasant unsympathetic loudmouth
1: look i'd never heard of her um,
2: well there you go an unknown,
1: i'm like okay cool she's soccer soccer star in the u.s or whatever but um yeah like I, I just think yeah of course there'll be some some you know diehard victoria's secret fans who will walk away um that from the brand um now but i mean they'll find new customers as well like there'll be there'll be some people who fucking love this new direction and will be you know showing up um you know to to sort of demonstrate their support and buying up so uh yeah I mean like we'll see we'll see but uh, look ultimately ultimately I think like a lot of big brands not just underwear brands are kind of going through a bit of a crisis at the moment because of all the affordable like online um options now as well you know like if you're if if you are you know sort of on a sort of middle to lower if you're sort of you know low to middle socioeconomic um sort of standing and and you want to treat the hubby (laughs) you know like a um a show of a saturday night you could probably pop down to target now and get some pretty sweet stuff or you could jump online and 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 order it um from myriad outlets who are are doing you know sexy lingerie for less so um you know and that's a whole other thing with this fucking fast fashion um you know crisis that, that we're
2: in maybe maybe to wrap it up like go big go macro like mm. don't you think that the the people behind these ridiculous articles and everyone kicking up a fuss, maybe they should look at fast fashion maybe if you if you want to talk yeah. about if you want to talk about uh, exploitation maybe you should look at uh, fast fashion yeah don't sure. and,
1: even get me started on that yeah exactly yep and
2: and then you know and if you and if you want to talk about how to help your sisters out in the world well you know I got I got some ideas on some places in the world that that do need your help. Do you know what I mean? I'm not even going to say them. I'm not even going to yep. say them. You know, we know you know you, we know there's a few places out there where your sisters need need your help. Yes, and it's gotten you know. And let's not let's stop talking like Heidi Klum is. uh yeah, it's being trafficked.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, Katie, Katie, I've got I've got a uh, quick question for you, perhaps to wrap it up. Should we have diverse male models? Should we have fat, short, bald, hairy, <laughs> middle aged men uh, <laughs> m- modeling the latest bonds, perhaps? No, but I was thinking more Weinstein chic.
2: Yep. You know, like, so all of the stuff he had going on without the rape, but everything else. Oh,
1: God. Well, look, I mean, they're, they're not the, they're, yeah. What do I say? <laughs> well, how do I say that? Look, I wouldn't well, you enjoy...
2: say, you say yes.
1: Um, look, I wouldn't I wouldn't enjoy um
2: a disgusting man. come on say, seeing those say models.
1: it models no I mean look it's it's ludicrous, right? I mean, look it, I would understand if if it's like you know what's that store um plus size king's men'swear or something like and you just go, well. You know, this is our clientele, so we need to. You know, that do would make a runway sense show. We
0: need to do a runway show, and it needs to be <laughs> on prime time.
2: No, yeah. but isn't the different look? You know, and we're getting to it. Isn't isn't the rule with men? It doesn't really matter what you look like if you're rich.
1: Oh, still matters. Look, it still matters, of course. Like there are women the Donald, who, so- the Donald. Yeah, of course. A bit, I mean, there there are women who. You know, would sell their soul. Yeah, sure. There are some women who, you know, th- there is enough money that would um, help to, you know, would would sort of, yeah, just ab- make bloody, up ab- obliterate make, everything make, else. Yeah, every no, no. other so quality, you're every other quality that the that the man in question lacked.
0: Hey, come on, Donald Trump. Donald Trump is hilarious. He's got the best sense of humor.
1: Oh Jesus Christ! I, there is no amount of money you could pay me to have sex with Donald Trump. What um, if I okayed oh, actually, it? Actually,
2: maybe there if it was just one <laughs> night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What if I it okayed just- it and he said, "Hey, hey uh, Katie, uh, you look like a nice piece of nice piece of pussy." <laughs> Shit.
1: <laughs> and, he goes, to- <laughs>
2: and he goes and he goes, "How about I pay you $3 million? Uh, 3 oh, million.
1: Actually, yeah. And I'd know, go. Pretty, pretty I'd be. Dumb.
2: I'd be. I'd use my hip and just nudge you. I'd just go boink, boink, and knock, <laughs> knock, knock oh you in God. his direction.
1: <laughs> no, look to to answer your question. I, yeah, I mean, look, that's it, it, it's an interesting um point you've you've raised in terms of you know the you know we've got all of these plus size models now, which I don't I don't have a problem with. Great, like I think all women are beautiful. Like the you know um mm. and all, but all are all men beautiful? Sizes. Um. Oh look, it's it's subjective, but um, I, you know.
0: <laughs> Sorry, I'm trying I, to stitch you up.
1: <laughs> no, 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 no. Like I know exactly the point you're trying to make, and I, I don't. Yeah, like I don't want to see some gross, like ugly dude in underwear. Fuck no.
2: But then what if he said, I, "I'm I'm on the I'm in the top five, like Forbes' most richest list." Oh,
1: no, I just no. Then no. then
2: so you wouldn't you wouldn't you know go all there's the way de- there's
1: degrees i mean look what it's, it's, it, well, what what amount of money are we talking and and what is the act <laughs> i am expected to perform <laughs> well to
2: perform? okay well look i think that's probably a good place in so if maybe maybe message in uh, if you, you t- let us know what acts katie uh should be doing <laughs> and how much for uh and we'll we'll pick the best one next week
1: Awful. So you two are awful. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks so much, Katie. Alright, bye.
0: Oh, as a new security system, completely mobile, user-friendly,
1: and absolutely fail-safe. But something is going wrong. There's another one of those things out there.
0: need to pick us up one by
1: one! He ain't getting me. They're here for your protection.
0: And shopping will never be the same. Kill bots. Welcome back, everybody. We'll be reviewing Chopping Ball now. Uh, so Astro, why don't you give us a little synopsis of this film?
2: Look. It's, I'll do my best. This is from 1986, and is it, it's essentially a a monster movie, but set in a shopping mall. Uh, you know, compressed time. So imagine one night, one nasty night in a shopping mall. Basically, we've got four. It says teenagers in some write-ups, but these people are not teenagers. <laughs> four, basically, four people. Uh, for some inexplicable reason, you know. Stay overnight in a, in, a, in a mall where where a couple of them work or three of them work, and they shack up in a furniture store, sort of to you know drink beer and have sex in the in the on the beds. Meanwhile, a three brand new killbots or sort of mall ro- robotic mall security guards have been loosed onto the mall. Uh, there's a lightning strike which shorts the computer and turns these 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 robots these mall mall bots into killbots and. They sort of pick the the people off one by one, and
0: it's very much a siege film. After that, that's as simple as I can break it down. <laughs> <laughs> I, I've got to say, I've got to say, when I watched this this film, I've never seen it before, and I watched it a few days ago, and I've got to say that the title and the poster are very misleading. They are. Um, originally, this film was called Killbots, but it didn't do so well under that title. And so they changed it to changed it to Chopping Mall, which is an which is an awesome uh, name, but it doesn't really sell what it is. But that's a great, it's it's a really
2: great, you know, exploitation pivot on their part. You know what I mean? Like the I remember the poster on VHS covers when I was a kid, and yeah, it it looks terrifying. Like, you know, and it did like the, the posters are great, um, you know, blood dripping down, the title sort of thing. And um, you know, this sort of terrifying, demonic, robotic hand holding a shopping bag, you know, in, in various versions. But yeah, that is
0: not the movie. The movie is just a is goofball. Well, no one, no one gets chopped up either. They, they either die by, by being shot by a laser or being thrown off, off one of the levels of the, of the shopping mall or uh, one person catches fire. Look, the biggest crime
2: of this film is that, you know, robots just can – I, can I go as far as to say that apart from maybe the Terminator and maybe some, some exceptions, robots, you know, by and large aren't particularly scary, not in the way that
0: other, other things are scary. But, not in but the way don't, too... don't you think that there's something creepy about machines going wrong? Because um, the, the robots, they, they do this creepy thing where they look at each other. That that's oh, yes. creepy to me because there's no real reason if they are connected to each other by I know, I know Wi-Fi didn't exist back in 1986, but something akin to that where they're they're communicating. Yeah, they're communicating. uh yeah, via some sort of Wi-Fi esque uh, apparatus that they wouldn't need to look at each other. Yeah, well, yeah, no, that's eerie.
2: It's eerie, but um, look, to be honest, look, I should be. It's it's subjective ultimately. Like you know, um where horror and fear comes from is completely up to you. You know what I mean? Like it depends what you think is scary. Like for instance, some people are, well, actually most people are terrified by um, real life evil, like, you know, hostel, like, you know, the evil that men do, you know, um, the idea that, um, you know, that, that there's serial killers or, or, or things like that or, or out there. Um, some people are scared of ghosts, you know, of the, of the undead and, and, um, and spirits. Uh, other people are scared of uncanny things, like you know, Jaws. Jaws—the idea of Jaws—is it's not imp- it's not uh, impossible, but it's it's uh, it's uncanny, you know, a large shark that large, and that's quite scary. Um, and then obviously, there's the amb- ambiguity, you know. Obviously, there's there's the Black Swan sort of Polanski thing of the idea of psychological horror, of like you know losing grip on reality, things like that. This is very much a monster movie using robots, and for me personally. You know, I have a lot of fun in this movie, but I'm not, I'm, I'm not really scared. There are eerie moments, as you say, but I'm not, I wasn't really
0: uh, afraid. Uh, what about that one particular scene in the pet shop where the, the female character has to hide underneath some shelving and then ends up getting covered in snakes and uh, terrifying-looking spiders? It's so funny you mentioned that scene. That was probably the scariest part
2: in the film for me. It's so funny you mentioned that scene. That is, you know, we are in complete accord. That scene is, you know, they say even a fucked clock is right twice a day. And uh, that scene was outstanding uh, Hitchcockian suspense. Like, I was, like, genuinely, you're like, oh, oh shit. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's exactly <laughs> the same as um, Jurassic Park uh, kitchen scene, you know, with the raptors. Like, exactly the same. It's exactly the same as a scene out of rear window or anything like that. So, that scene was, was outstanding. I was like, oh, shit, wow. Like, the only difference is, like, a prop, real proper filmmakers, you know, bring that same level of skill to everything else in the movie. Um, yeah, whereas they yeah. sort of used it up there and there was a lot of other dumb, mm. dumb shit.
0: Can, can we class this film as a horror spoof? Would we go so far as to say that? I'm, I'm not sure. I have read, I've re- have read online a few people refer to it as a horror spoof. It is knowing. It is a knowing. Uh, there is a nod and a wink,
2: you know. But it's not Tromaville. Like, it's not really that really
0: low, low budge. Is it, is it because the robots are just a little bit not that terrifying?
2: Yeah, look, we don't know. I mean, like, but then again, it says produced by Julie Corman, so she's got Roger Corman, you know, ties there, and Roger Corman is very much into, you know, uh, run and gun exploitation, you know, with a wink, not in a wink. So there, there there is a not in a wink there, but but to me, there's not as much of a wink. Like, you know, you know, mentioned one of the one of the the actresses in it. uh, What's her name? Barbara Crampton. Yeah, she's in a couple of other movies that do that are proper spo well proper satire uh like reanimator and from beyond are spectacular, both mm. spectacular and and um you know beautifully made uh and you know their next level whereas this just this edge this is really i mean I really respect this film because it's because it's you can tell it was made for it felt like it was even though it says it was made for eight hundred thousand you can tell, which is not a lot like i guess and and
0: you can tell they've really done their best, yeah <laughs> but yep. it's cheap it, it is cheap, yeah. I mean, you can see you can see in the robots that they're they're bulky construction, um, and the robots are d- do provide some humor as well because they're hilariously ill-equipped to ride the escalators and to climb stairs or to fill elevators, but they seem to cope surprisingly well in the shopping mall environment and getting around. And they don't seem that fast either. i I feel like any of the characters could have outrun. These fucking things. You've
2: sort of got this Austin Powers thing where they're slowly approaching, <laughs> yeah, the people, and they're they're having to sort of st- like what happens in the first scene that, that uh, a you know a, a jewel thief is you know he smashes up uh, a store and takes some jewels, and when he's running away from the thing, he's doing the slowest running, you yep. know, to get yep. away, um, and then he gets um gets electrocuted or whatever, but. But it's so funny this, this, this I was trying to think about why they chose Roberts, because it could be anything, you know. I mean, the, the setting is the setting and the characters are the characters, but that um conceit could be anything, really. I mean, uh, it could be mannequins that come to life, you know, that have spirits inside them, which I think would be a better movie, actually. <laughs> but yeah, but, yeah. But um, They've gone with robots and and you know an electrical short you know animating them into these evil killbots, but but I I'm fascinated by this this idea of law and order in the eighties. You know, like I mean, mm. th- this is obviously made by liberal liberal LA filmmakers, so that they're, they're 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 sort of spoofing this idea of like oh, because I think Law and Order was on people's minds in the eighties. You know, I think they were worried like RoboCop and you mm. know. Violence was it was crazy. You know, there was a lot of violence. I mean, you look at the graphs, like violence was out of control, right? Yeah. So certainly in comparison to today. So law and orders on people's minds. And I guess this is this comes out of that that fear of, you know, just like Robocop, which is, oh, what what happened it's like it's this sort of fear of overzealous p- policing, you know? You know, and in a mall, like they're protecting they're protecting um, you know, JC Penney. McDonald's like like Donut King like yeah, what the yeah. fuck are we protecting here? <laughs> you know? Yeah, it seems yeah. like overkill.
0: Yeah. Well, do you think it do you think it is another one of those um commentaries on um underage sex or not underage sex? I mean, uh promiscuity. Pre, pre, yeah, and pre premarital sex perhaps. Yes, because the the that, that's the ultimate thing is that
2: you know, we need to talk about the the inverted, the inverted commas party that these that these four main characters have. They go, hey, we're going to party tonight. It's, it's it, you know, and and I've heard this term spoofed, um, um you know, ca- uh, Eli Roth spoofed it in Cabin Fever. This idea of the eighties party. Hey, we're going to party, and it's and it's just standing around drinking red cup beer. Like you got the red yeah. cups and drinking beer or whatever, and and you're sort of like, you know, just making out and stuff. This is really weird. So they want the main guy his uncle owns this furniture store in the mall now the two sort of uh, alpha bros who who work at you know at the furniture store so it's a lot of people working at this this small little store yeah yeah um <laughs> they, they've they've strong-armed this geek this main geek into letting them stay while the uncle goes away for the weekend or whatever to stay in the store overnight and get the two chicks who work at the gross little diner downstairs in the mall to stay with them overnight um and just, just like they're all just drinking beer and having sex like in the same room and stuff. Am I prudish or is that not? Is that, and they're all just sort of like while well, they're moaning and stuff, looking over and then you're like, and that's charming. I'm <laughs> that, like, sounds hot. Hell. It sounds hot to me.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah, well, you know, you, you sold me.
0: So Yeah, I don't know. Well, the just, film the film does that classic uh, it does that classic horror trope where, where the couple who has sex first or is involved in taking the drugs first or drinking first uh, are the first to get killed.
2: Yeah, well, this is Randy's rules in um, Scream, you know, that Kevin Williamson uh, uh, beautifully outlined in Scream. And, uh, you know, this is, this is 10 years before that and, and is following them all beautifully, you know. And uh, it really is just, yeah, all the people... Well, actually, the two, the two leads the geeky guy and the and the and the most average woman in cinema <laughs> um they they survive and it's because they 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 don't consummate you know they so so again liberal probably most likely liberal filmmakers you know who are who are uh, but but ultimately a conservative message about um about uh, uh you know what do we say uh Abstinence or yeah, <laughs> chastity yeah. or whatever, yeah, yeah, yeah. modesty, all those things. You know, um, that's what's at the at, behind it all. And I guess maybe it might be hard for a conservative person in the '80s to see past all the awful stuff that's going on because there is a head that exp- one, like incredible scene where a yeah. chick's head explodes. Yeah, um, that 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 was quite impressive. Yeah, it, it, it's probably that it, the movie doesn't really recover after that. But um, it's so. Much they wouldn't be able to see like you'd have to explain to that Reaganite. And the others, you'd say, "Hey, it's okay. Like this movie is actually everyone, all the all the um, the uh, Bohemians get killed, and the two uh, you know the two nice uh, traditional conservatives <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> who don't uh, you know who who wait until marriage they they survive. They so, do. Yeah. Well, before watching this film, I was expecting a a vague commentary on the evils of Consumerism, but it turned out not to be the case, really.
2: Well, it seems so obvious, doesn't it? Yeah, you know, I'm like I, I believe. Um, what is it? Uh, is it um Dawn of the Dead that does that? Uh, that's the second one. The second Romero film is set in the mall, and that's probably everyone's favourite one. You know, and um, that does exactly what you're saying. Okay that that does it expertly, like. Um, because they're trapped in a mall and they, they, you know, this is sort of having fun in a mall sort of thing. And then, you know, the, the zombies outside resemble, um, you know, people, go, you know, sort of a bit like um, those those Black Friday sales, you know, people coming to <laughs> coming to the mall like zombies, you know, and wandering around the mall. So all of that's there. But this movie, because it's empty, you know, they didn't really get that. I, I just feel like, look, I'll be honest, like, you know, I, I, I like watching this movie. I don't think it's a good movie, but I love shopping malls, man. Is there something wrong <laughs> with me? I love shopping malls. I, I'm a, I've just, I'm, I'm always pumped to go to a shopping mall. Um, and and really, the joy of this movie is spending time, yeah, yep. after dark in a shopping mall. And well, and, uh,
0: this, the, the shopping mall that actually shot it in reminded me a lot of a shopping mall near where I grew up. So uh-huh. it was um almost a trip down memory lane, memory lane for me. Did did you did you find that the film would have worked better during the day, like if there was some mass chaos where there were more people shopping? You could have that scene where the kid drops the teddy or something, or yeah, but but they they're going for the whole sleepover thing, you know, and they and and but but, and but 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 they could have done this. They could have they could have held off the robots till the morning, and then shops could have opened, and then perhaps it could kick on from there. I don't know. That's what I was thinking.
2: Yeah, possibly, possibly, but I think that they, you know, this might be practical as well. It seems like they did shoot um, <laughs> while it was <laughs> <a> operating mall. <laughs> well, yeah, they yeah, shot yeah. Every night, I
0: did, I did read that uh, the film was allowed to shoot at uh, at a real Californian mall, at Sherman Oaks Galleria, where also for Fast Times at Ridgemont High and Commando was filmed. So.
2: Fucking hell, Commando! That's why I love this mall. Because I've been to it so many times, the so commando, commando, that commando scene is incredible. Yes, yes. It's so. It's really this is, this is a seminal film. Well, this is well. Let's just say it's an important film from that perspective because that that mall culture is, you know, obviously not really around to the same degree anymore for various reasons. And um, so, if it's if it's featured in those three movies, you'd have to say, well, you know, if it's it's um. Uh, really, a, a prime example of, of, yeah, of exactly that, of, 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 of uh, American mall culture from the 1980s. as seen on the big screen.
0: Maybe just a little little note here about the music. I, I thought the music was quite uh, quite effective. Uh, it's quite obviously low budget uh, synth work, but um, it's got the classic driving and pulsating synth score. That I think does build a fair amount of tension. It's Catchy, so it's quite quite effective and catchy. Yeah, from that from that perspective. Sort of like loops, is it? Synth loops. Yeah, I guess you call them uh, synth synth sequences. Yeah, right. Um, but yeah, it's got a lot of it's got a lot of synthesized percussion in it as well. Lots of low synth uh, bass um, driving ostinatos and repetitive patterns. That sort of thing that move move the uh, Move the action along. Oh, well, shit. We haven't mentioned the bosoms.
2: Bosoms. There's titties all through this movie. Well, in the, in the beginning of it. Oh, you're saying that, like, you know, it doesn't get top marks because they didn't keep the titties <laughs> going. They're one of those damn movies that gets it out of the way.
0: Yeah, it gets it out of the way early. And then you just got to sit there for the rest of the 50 minutes.
2: There was only one holdout. All the other chicks got on board. Yep, yep. So, you know, it was... They were all um, doing their best. <laughs> so, we've got, so we've got two scales, I reckon. So we've been doing the Me Too scale, which we will do, but we're also going to do, you know, um, uh, perhaps just a, a conventional, uh, you know, sort of rating maybe, you know. So uh, if we had to say on the Me Too scale where this film rates, well, how do you think the behaviour of, of everyone stacks up in particularly in relation
0: to the other films we've been watching, My Tudor and Hard Bodies, it's definitely on the low end of the Me Too scale. I think it gets probably a one Me Too out of ten. Right.
2: I'm just trying to think if anything bumped it up. Like there was um, the all the, there wasn't as much uh you know yeah sort of Me Too action. There was the whole like the idea of just there was someone bringing just a uh, you know there was blind
0: date stuff, but that wasn't really no. And there was no there was no pursuing females using tricking. Yeah, tricking them or or um there was no ripping of clothes off. Mm. There was no there was no forced kissing. Oh, not there was no a woman saying, No,
2: no, Rick, no, and then yeah, bring on yeah. kisses straight <laughs> after. <laughs> no, it was none
0: of, <laughs> none of that.
2: None of that, none of that. Yeah, and no, I agree with you. I think it's on the lower end of things. Um, unless we've unless we've missed something. <laughs> I mean, so you could argue some people could argue, oh, the fact that there's bosoms in it at all is yeah, disgusting. Yeah. You know, and you go, okay, well, I don't know, maybe a two or three, maybe. You know, it's nothing, nothing to get, nothing. Don't get don't get your panties in a bunch, <laughs> as they say. Uh, so overall, um So what do, know, what do you give it out of ten
0: just as a standard score?
2: Yeah, look, oh, just it's hard, isn't it? Like, I th- I feel like I just have to say, you know, or if I had to, or if I had to su- sum it up, I'd say it's a guilty pleasure, you know. Because if yeah. you force me to give it, like, um, I don't even know if number ratings are going to work for us here. Because I feel like we just have to, you just have to be able to to encapsulate it in a, in a word or a sentence, you know. Because it's not fair to judge this movie out of ten when you know because because then if. You have to be honest and say it's not vertigo. <laughs> <You know? laughs> like, and at the end of the day, like, you can't, like, if I'm giving vertigo like 9.5 out of 10, then this gets chopping negative. Ball, chopping, chopping <laughs> ball gets negative 100. <laughs> and no, negative 97 because of the bosoms, you know, it just bumps <laughs> yeah, it up yeah. a little bit. But, but, so I have to say that it's a, it's an enjoyable, guilty pleasure, um, you know, short, uh, A short fun uh,
0: fluff. What would you say? Absolutely. Yeah, I agree. Uh, At a tight 75 minutes, that's as long as it needs to be, really.
2: Yeah. Fuck yeah. yeah. Like, you know, none of this two and a half hour shit. No.
0: (laughs) Great. Well, I think that just about does us for another week of side boob cinema. Um, A shout out, shout out to uh, AJ, who's a bit under the weather. She couldn't join us this week, but she uh, shall be on board, hopefully for next week's film. Do do we have a film in mind that we are are doing next or are we gonna keep that a bit of a secret? Embarrassing. We started started with so so much promise. Look,
2: just (laughs) check on Insta, all right? I will let everyone know tonight, I promise.
0: Yep, yep. Follow us on on Instagram and the usual usual platforms, TikTok, Instagram. Uh, like our stuff on YouTube. Follow us. Uh, spread the word. We really do appreciate it. And uh, perhaps if you have a suggestion of a, uh, of a film that you'd like us to review, maybe uh, send us a suggestion via social media and uh, we will endeavor to do that. Absolutely. Well, um,
2: until next time, long live the new flesh. Long live the new flesh.
0: I was half joking.